Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's time for kickoff. Kickoff versus the end zone. Touchdown! With Fuller, Asiasen, and Mike Valenti. And welcome in week two kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Boom. Week one, that's as good as it gets. Well, I don't know about it. If, Come on. If it's as good as it gets, but I will say, you know, a lot of games ending in field goals or missed field goals or made field goals. It was exciting. There's no question about that, Mike. But I think now as we get to week two, I think about five major pressure points. And I know we'll talk about this all throughout our show today. But just think about these five people in the NFL as we get ready for week two. And give me your little uh, reaction to what I'm going to say here. Here are my biggest pressure points. Mike McCarthy, he loses Dak Prescott. And a coach is always going to be evaluated whether or not he can win games with a backup quarterback. And I bet you Cooper Rush is going to be his backup for at least five weeks. And I think he'll be the first coach to be fired. They looked lifeless, Boomer. They did look lifeless. And the interesting thing there is remember who's hanging out there. Mm -hmm. That would be Sean Payton. And I know one thing about NFL football teams. When their fans become angry and they disengage and they stop coming to games because owners can yeah. count, they can count how many people are coming to the stadium, the Cowboys are going to have to do something to reignite their fan base once this season comes to an end. How about Trey Lance? Oh, boy. I knew this was coming. You knew this was Just coming. Just go ahead. Take the lap. Well, of course, Trey Lance played in a quagmire last week with Justin Fields. It's hard to really truly evaluate those guys. I played in weather like that. And I have to tell you, I probably had very similar statistics. We didn't score a lot of points. Right. But I have to say, there were a couple times he had guys open, and he flat out missed them. And he threw a really bad interception that kind of turned that game around. And then you think about what I was telling you last week. How much longer can Shanahan go along with Trey Lance as the starting quarterback if he's going to play like that? I think this week he might have the most pressure of any single player this week in the NFL. You can't come home 0-1, look like that again. 
for a team that's Super Bowl or bust. No, I, I completely agree. All right, how about Kyler Murray? You know, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. And I, we're going to dive into this whole mess out in Arizona uh-huh. and some of the things that Cliff Kingsbury said after, his sh- uh, after the game last week. But they're on the road at Las Vegas. And I got to tell you, you talk about a team that looks like it's disorganized and disinterested. The Cardinals looked that way against the Chiefs last week. They were horrible. All right, Ryan Tannehill. Now, a lot of people think, okay, Ryan Tannehill. Why Ryan Tannehill? Oh, I like well, this. Well, they were the number one seed in the AFC last year. Now, Randy Bullock missed the game-winning field goal against right. your Giants last week. I know that. And you were probably sitting at home going, yeah, Boomer was right. Boomer was right. But here's the thing. You know, he's a guy that now has to go on the road in one of the Monday night games. Remember, we got two Monday night games this yep. week. And they are on the road at Buffalo. You think that's going to be easy for Ryan Tannehill? No, the Bills are one of one. I mean, the Bills are just built different. That's a different task. And you see it, too. I mean, they're just casually giving them 10 points. All right, so that's my kind of take of a few people in the NFL that are on the hot seat, that have the pressure points, and that, you know, we'll know when we get together next week how these guys fared and whether or not the fans are starting to turn on them. Let's add to the list. Let's hit the rundown right now. This This is the NFL Rundown. All right, Boomer, we got to start. Thursday night football. Chiefs, Chargers, my takeaway, the Bolts went full Bolts. (laughs) They just (laughs) take me through it. The last four meaningful scores of the game, Chiefs, talk to me about your Chargers. All right, my Chargers. Listen, I picked them. Uh, They were a four-point underdog, so I essentially win the pick, but... The point being is that Justin Herbert is a very, very special player. There is no question that anybody who watched this game last night saw truly what it looks like to be a big arm, strong quarterback that is clearly the face of your franchise, and he's one of the top four young quarterbacks in the league. So I think we got everything we wanted to get out of them. I thought Brandon Staley made a couple of really bad decisions, and one was a couple of times where they crossed the 50-yard line and decided to punt instead of going for it. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, you're playing in Kansas City against Patrick Mahomes. The one thing I do know, and I know this from talking to Frank Reich from Indianapolis, he would say, look, part of my game plan going in against Kansas City is i got to keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. But the problem is Staley is Mr. Analytics. He's the guy who will pass on a field goal to go up 10, and he'll say, well, math. You you don't get to have it both ways. So you're going to be that guy, be that guy all the time. That bothered me. I, I would, that's the one area where I didn't like what he did, but I have to say that when you take a look at the Charger defense and the one thing we were talking about last week was did they do enough to be able to slow down a chief offense that now is missing Tyree Kill? I thought their defense played really good they last did. night. They did, and Mac is energized. The yeah. whole thing looks right defensively. Herbert's going to have to be able to to bring one of these games from the fire in the fourth oh, quarter. Well, look, he, how many fourth down throws did he make last it was night? Cra- it was crazy. And he also, I don't know how injured he is. It looked like he was really bothered, and we're all assuming it was a rib injury. It could be something else. I don't know. And those we, are wicked. And we will not know probably until after the weekend. We may hear something o- over the weekend. Maybe I'll, we'll have it on NFL Today on Sunday. But here's the thing. He is a great, great football player. He's oh, my God. He is, he is like, I would say, he reminds me of Dan Marino. When, when, when Dan Marino used to throw and the way the ball would come out of his hands and how big he is and how big Dan was, he's like this generation's Dan Marino, although he's a little bit more uh, move-oriented than Dan was. Yeah, that he can move. Yes. Um, number two, I, I just, NFL kickers. What? <laughs> 
What? I just help me. Uh, what was that last week? Well, I have to say, you know, uh, was it Cade York of the uh, of the Cleveland Browns? They drafted him in the fourth round. Everybody's wondering why? Why are you drafting a kicker? Why are you drafting a kicker? And all that kid does is go out there and kick what a fifty-eight yard field goal to right. win the game. Uh, against Baker Mayfield and the Panthers. They make you or break you. They do make you or break you. Now, I had Jim Breach when I was in Cincinnati, and Breacher used to be money inside 50. And if we needed a, if we needed a game-winning field goal, and he had a great Super Bowl, Super Bowl 23 for us, he probably would have been our MVP because we had to settle for field goals in that game. But they they are truly the guys that end up winning the games. I mean, they're just one part of the game, and it's a very small part. But look at what happened with Rodrigo Blankenship and the Colts. I was surprised. I wasn't because if you watch the game, he kicked two balls off out of bounds, and it gave the Texans great field position, and then he misses a potential game winner. And look what happened with the Bengals. They lose their long snapper. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, they have one of the best kickers in football. He starts losing his mind. You know, these people are from a different planet, I'm it's, telling you. Yeah, I was going to ask you, the whole kicker routine. Yeah. Those dudes are just different. Look, I also play with Nick Lowry as our jet kicker. You know, one of the smartest guys yeah. I've ever played with, but one of the most unique individuals and had a ritual that he had to go through before every kick. And it was like, oh, it's mind-numbing. Just kick the ball. Right. You have one job to do. And anyway, he was very good at it, too. So I, I played with two great kickers, Jim Breach and Nick Lowry. So I do know, uh, in fact, how valuable they could be or how maddening and frustrating they could yeah, be. Yeah, Randy Bullock was surprising as well. Cards, I want to give you this quote. You alluded to it in the pressure points. Cliff Kingsbury. We've just practiced habits. Having a sense of urgency, we have to practice better. Um, part, wait, Coach, that is your job, right? What did you make of that? Uh, I think it's an extension of what they put in Kyler Murray's contract extension about him having to expect uh, extra time and uh, watching tape and film. You know, It's the quarterback and the coach, and it's the relationship between those two guys that ultimately drive every football team in the NFL. So that's why Brendan Staley is saying the nice things about Justin Herbert after their game against the Kansas City Chiefs. This is why John Harbaugh loves Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. This is why you know Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor in Cincinnati, you think about all of these different uh, relationships, and you have a really confusing relationship to me. I would not have given Kyler Murray the contract extension. I would not have. I would have made him play this year, and I would have said, prove it to me that you deserve it. And if Specifically you, after November. Right. Prove it to me. Prove it to me. And if you do, then we'll probably end up having to pay you more than we would have you know, yeah. if we didn't give you the extension this summer. I, I don't like what's going on there. I, you know, I think they're one of the teams that comes out of the playoffs from last year. And uh, they didn't disappoint me. Uh, no, they did uh, not. With their, with their performance against the Chiefs. All right. I'm keeping receipts. I know you talked about it locally. and I got to bring up Salah. I have to. Yeah. What, how do you make that comment? Robert, you're 4-14. Four and 14. What, what are you doing? Well, it gave us a lot of fodder here on WFAN uh, for five days. And it's unfortunate because, you know, when the coaches come here, and you first get to meet them, you like all of them. Yeah. And every coach that's come through here, we've got the interview, we get to meet them, and we always ask them, do you know what you're stepping into? Especially when you're the Jet head coach. And the last Jet head coach that really inspired anybody was Rex Ryan. And he was so brash and so yeah. in your face that uh, I think Rob Sala is trying to be nice to everybody and then finally just had enough with when after the game being asked about his offense and everybody ripping on Flacco around here in New York. And I always tell the coaches that come here, I say, guys, look, man, it's not any different than any other football team in terms of their fan base and the, the, 
you know, the criticism that may, that may fall at your feet, but there's so much of it and it's so impassioned and it can get really yeah. nasty. You got to be really careful what you say because we in the media will, will take it apart. And unfortunately for Rob Sala, that's what we did. And, you know, and that's, I would put him also on my I was just pressure point you. list. Is but, this a game you think we look back on? It, I hate saying it's a referendum on his tenure, but if they go out and get rolled by the this is an important week for Robert Sala as Jets head coach. It is because, and I think a lot of the the players, at least this week, have said the same thing. You know, and they all are backing their coach right now. I think they really do like their coach. I think they like playing for their coach. And if you watch the game closely enough, you know, their defense was pretty damn good. Yes. A couple of mistakes in the secondary gave Lamar an opportunity for some big plays down the field. But they shut down the running game of the Ravens, and they were all over them. So their defense is vastly improved. Their run defense is vastly improved. And that defense is going to have to be improved going against this running game that we saw from Cleveland last week against the uh, Carolina Panthers. Quick touch point. I know we talked about Lamar, the contract last week. Alleged numbers leaked out, turned down, 133 guaranteed, 250 total over five. What do you make of it? Do you think he betters that deal in the offseason? Well, he better better that off the I, offseason. I'm asking you. I mean, he wants that guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson got. That's what Good he luck. wants. And I'm, and I'm telling you, people around him, I, I, if I were him, I'd be irked at the deal that Kyler Murray signed, yep. and I would be irked at the deal that Russell Wilson signed. Because there's a moment in time where – Things can change for the players for the good. And the Watson deal was that. And the Watson deal was that as long as other deals reflect that. Right. And the other deals that have come after that have not reflected that. And that's one of the reasons why I think Lamar is like on an Aaron Judge kind of trajectory right now. Meaning that, you know, he's bet on himself. And I wouldn't be surprised if it goes on and has a great year and then gets that big contract. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett. I, I Look, you're, you were a quarterback. You were a damn good one. Explain to me how you pay a quarter of a billion dollars to Russell Wilson. You're about to end the game with all three of your timeouts to settle for a 64-yarder on the road. Help I, me. Hey, Help I, me. You know, if it were at home and it were McManus and it were a mile high, I could kind of get it. Because Maybe. he probably would make it. Uh, and he just barely missed it, by the way. I know. Uh, and, you know, he's a rookie head coach. Uh, I don't know who's in his ear. I don't know what analytics person would say, this is what you do here. No one. Now, I know it was third and 15, and, you know, they got the 10 yards, and now it's fourth and five. You know, Russell Wilson does have the license to go to his coach and go, hey, coach, you know, let me take care of this. I'll get this here. And Russell didn't do that. Russell, I think, acquiesced to the decision, and I there may have been a little bit of uh, – like relief that Russell didn't have to go out and make a fourth and five play. I don't know, uh, but it's the wrong call, one hundred percent on Nathaniel Hackett's part. So he'll learn. I mean, yeah, but do you ever have a problem when 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 we sit here doing what we do for a living, saying, "Oh well, he's going to learn." This is the NFL, man. Respect the shield. There's only a finite number of these gigs. You've worked your whole life to be here. You can't figure out down distance and time especially when you have this great quarterback that you just signed in the offseason, and this is why you have signed him. And I was thinking that if they would have went for it on fourth and five and didn't make it, it would have been all on Russell Wilson. Think about that. It's the way it needs to be. Exactly, and that's the way it should be. So, again, it's Nathaniel Hackett's first real-time out there making real-time decisions under a pressurized situation. You learn from your mistakes. You learn about your team. And again, like I told you last week, we're not going to know 
all we need to know about all these teams until about five or six weeks into the season. And the same thing goes for all the rookie head coaches. So Kevin O'Connell was great in Minnesota. He looked great. Right? And the team looked great. And Justin Jefferson is, you know, looks fantastic. But at the end of the day, it was Nathaniel Hackett that made the wrong decision and took the ball out of his quarterback's hands. Well, let's see if we learn from some of our mistakes. We got some picks coming up. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Back to kickoff with Boomer Asiasen and Mike Valenti. All right, we are back. The picks. I can't wait because there are some brutal matchups. Here's your recap. I went nine and five and one. Booms four and ten. Wow. Yikes. That stinks. That's okay. I should have taken your lead last week when you were talking to me about road dogs and this, that, and the other thing. I mean, you are spot on. Well. You know, and look, you don't feel good about it. I do. Good. I do. What I, I what I don't feel good about. One of my favorite picks of the week was Dallas. That was dead on arrival. Yeah, it but don't awful. focus on the negative. Focus on the positive. We are on to week two. See, like I would focus. All right, I had a bad week, but I'm focusing on TB12. I got that one right. You did. You did. You just don't bet against Brady. You right. Just put it in rule number seventy six. Play like a champion and don't bet on Tom Brady. Don't unless ever bet against. Unless them. they're playing the Saints, which. Let's get to Okay. It's time for the picks. Picks of the week. All right. Let's, uh, let's, I have to do this. He just talked about it. Bucks laying three at the Saints. Booms, take yeah, the lead. Yeah, all right. I'm taking the Saints and Jameis Winston. Did you see the way he played in the second half? Threw for over 200 yards in the fourth quarter. Led his team back 17 points. And I said last week that he was going to make it to the playoffs with the Saints. And this is, you know, this is the Saints' home opener. This is how they judge themselves. This is how they gauge where they are. And I know it's Jameis versus Tom Brady, and I know that that Buck defense looked awesome against the Cowboys. 
but there's something about the Saints that That's drives right. Tom Brady crazy. That's right. So I'm going to go with the Saints and Jameis Winston at home. Did we be and just? And it's a home dog, so I'm taking the points. Did we just become best friends? Yes. I totally agree. No, <laughs> Brady is winless with the Bucks against the Saints. It's crazy. Now, and that was Sean Payton, though, right? I, I know. How about this stat, though? This is unbelievable to me. The Saints hold the Bucks. The Bucks average less twenty less points a game when they play the Saints than they do any everyone else. Just so you know, I did have a reputation of being uncoachable at times, but I, I'm not stupid, and I do learn, and I learned from you last week, uh, <laughs> and especially within the division. You're breaking every rule now. Now you're betting against Brady. All right, let's let's do it. Game two, your first place, New York football Giants laying two and a half to the Panthers. You know, I'm going to take the Giants, and the reason I'm going to take the Giants because I saw something in this game last week that I didn't know what, whether or not I was going to see it. So your quarterback, Daniel Jones, has been you know, coached with kid gloves over the last four years, and he makes a, just a bonehead interception throw to Saquon Barkley on a play that if you have the running back matched up with a linebacker and they're running down the sideline, that's when you throw it. You throw it early. You don't throw a back shoulder throw to a, a, a running back in the end zone versus a safety. So you got to know the matchups. And what I loved about what I saw was Brian Dable go yes. over to him and just tear into him. Yes. Kind of like Bill Parcells used to do to Phil Sims. You know, and Daniel Jones, they got to find out if he could take the hard coaching. They got to find out if he's got the lizard skin that it takes to be a great quarterback in this league. And that's why I'm going with the Giants. I, I love the energy. I, there, I haven't seen a Giants team, and I, I'm not a kid. Look, th- these guys go out there. They're risking their lives playing the game. They're risking their bodies. I'm not saying guys aren't trying. I haven't seen a passion from the Giants in it, it, maybe five years. They ca- they were all in on this. Well, Wink Martindale's a hell of a defensive coordinator. You know, he's got that brashness of a Rex Ryan. Yeah, and they played without their two edge rushers, Ojalary and Thibodeau. And look, they stole a game. I know this. Danny Dimes on the road, great stats. Danny Dimes at home, yikes. Yeah, he doesn't like playing in front of the home fans. I'm going to take the points. Do me a favor. What's that? Don't call him Danny Dimes anymore. I, I know. I, I know. Yeah, I know. I can't I help that it. Nickname. There was a moment in time I thought it's he was standard. good. All right, let's move on to the next game. Patriots laying two and a half, traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. All right, how the Steelers win this game last week Defense. is beyond me. It's beyond me. I mean, like you miss an extra point, you miss a game-winning field goal attempt by the Bengals. You know, their their long snapper gets hurt in the fourth quarter. The ball's coming back a little slow. Making Fitz, Fitzpatrick plays. You know, Superman and dives in there and blocks the extra points. Just crazy stuff happening in this game. It was unbelievable. But that also tells you that the Steelers' offense stinks. Nailed it. And Dude. I, you know, I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying that the, the Patriots' offense is any better. But the Patriots open against the Dolphins, go right down the field. Bad decision by Mac Jones. First interception. Start of the second half, they go right down the field. Eight minutes, they control the ball. They hold the Miami Dolphins to three points in that second half. That's the unknown thing that anybody's talking about is that Patriot defense. They locked up. I, I, I like the Patriots on the road against Mitch Trubisky because no T.J. Watt and because of the Patriot defense. And because Bill Belichick hasn't started a season 0-2 since Boomer and I didn't have any gray hair. Let's go to... I don't have any gray hair. Uh, you look, it's, it's majestic. It's blonde. Listen, bottom line, Patriots, they're not going 0-2. Let's go Browns, Jets. We talked about it. Bit of a referendum here for, us, for Robert Sala. Browns laying 5.5 to the Jets. What do you got? 
So it's five and a half for this show. Um, you know, earlier in the week it was like six. I know. So now it's down a half a point. I'll buy the point, half a point. Can't you buy like a half a point or something like that? You can do whatever you want. I don't know. All right. Rules. If it were six, six and a half, I'm taking the Jets and the points. I don't think they're going to win, but I think they are desperate. Used to hate playing against teams that were desperate, especially if you pay attention to what the Jets have been going through this week, and including their coach. You know, he's taking receipts. So are the Jet fans. <laughs> it's time for them to win, but I don't think they'll win, but I'll take them with the points. I just here's the other problem, and I know you talked about it a lot this week. I mean, is there a chance you see Mike White in this game? Does that happen if Flacco is a bad first half? I, Jet fans know how I feel about this. They know that I'm going to give Joe Flacco the first half. Now, if he throws a couple interceptions, uh, they're down thirteen nothing again or fourteen nothing, whatever, uh, and we're not getting anything out of the offense. I'm pulling them and I'm putting in Mike White and I'm saying go get the go go see if you can supercharge this offense cuz there's enough young good solid players on this offense they should make plays they should make plays I'm going to I'll, I'll take the Browns cuz I I ay ay with the Jets offense um let's go Ravens Dolphins Ravens laying three and a half I'm taking the Ravens and I'm taking the Ravens because uh, as we've been talking about Lamar's on a on a mission um I know the Miami Dolphin defense played well last week they got to Mac Jones uh they scored a touchdown but I, I just think that the Ravens' defense is going to be too much for Tua. You know what? Lamar looked like he had a little bit of rust in the first half. They played a lot freer in the second half. It looked more like what we expected. I think you just nailed it. I don't trust Tua in this Dolphins offense yet. I hated that second half. I'm going to take the Ravens here. I just don't think Miami's ready to go and do this. So it's, a bit, it's a tough spot. I mean, this is a healthy Raven defense yeah. that we didn't see at the end of last year and a healthy Lamar Jackson that has, I don't want to say a chip on his shoulder, but has something to prove. All right, updated number on this one. The Lions are one-and-a-half-point favorites hosting the Commanders. How did that happen? First time in 24 games the Detroit Lions have been a favorite. You and know, you know what happened the last time they were favored? They lost. They got shut out 20 to nothing uh, <laughs> by Hall of Famer P.J. Walker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what, man? I know you're in Detroit. You live this. I give them credit for scoring as many points as they did last week. I got to take Detroit at home. I have to. I have to because. The wounded animal. Watching, yeah, watching hard knocks, watching how that game, you know, kind of manifested itself last week against the Eagles. I got to believe they could beat Carson, Carson Wentz. I just have to believe it. Here's what scared me. Now, I love the fact they ran the ball on the Eagles. That's an incredible front four with depth. But Dan Campbell, for all of his quotes and fun, and he's a wrestling character, mismanaged the clock at the end of the first half. Again, an ill-timed onside kick. Again, team captain thrown out of the game, Tracy Walker. Just the same nonsense, Booms. I'm with you, though. I will always take the home team 0-1 versus the 1-0 team going on the road. This is literally all eggs in one basket for the Lions. This has got to be a field goal game anyway, Yeah, I think. I'll take the Lions. Okay, I have to. All right, now th- this is, to me, this is not the game of the week football-wise, but this is the game of the week for the show. The Indianapolis Colts lay in four as they travel to Jacksonville. Frank, again, what in an opener? 0-4-2 now. Booms, what do you got? Yeah, well, you know, he likes to go for it on fourth and goal. That's for sure. And yeah. once again, it backfired. And ultimately, they could have kicked a field goal early on in this game, and maybe they wouldn't have to have had... Rodrigo Blankenship try to line up and kick a field goal in, all, in overtime to win the game. Nobody likes a tie. Everybody hates ties. 
Uh, you remember this is the house of horrors against Jacksonville. They went down there with Philip Rivers in the opening week, and uh, two years ago they lost. They lost last year in, in the last week uh, with Carson Wentz. Yeah, um, I'm taking Jacksonville in the points. <gasps> oh my! I am. I, I, I. By the way, I you know I still think, and I still believe in my heart that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a star. Yeah, he missed three. I, I never call anything easy. He missed three touchdown passes you do have to complete. Yeah, Travis Etienne Jr. coming out of the backfield, r- running back and a linebacker. That's what Daniel Jones should be looking for. Correct. He read it perfectly. He just overthrew Etienne for an easy touchdown yeah, pass. He did it three times. I'm taking the Jags at home with the points. I'm going to take the points as well. I think Colts win, Jags cover. All right, Rams laying 10.5 as they host Atlanta. Uh, you want to talk about a team that's been sitting around for a long time and having to listen to you know all the crap about a Super Bowl hangover? I don't like to usually give uh, this many points, um, but I'm going to give the points and I'm going to take the Rams. I could see the Rams, you know, rolling this one up 34 to 20, 34 to 21, something like that. Maybe there's an oh by the way touchdown by the Falcons late in this game. I just don't see Marcus Mariota doing very much against this Rams defense. No, and if there's one defensive line the Rams O-line should be able to handle, it's Atlanta. Worst pass rush in the league. I'll, t- I'll, I'll lay the points. This is my game. Niners, my guy Trey, mm-hmm. laying eight and a half as they host the Seahawks. <clears throat> well, you know, hopefully they'll get good weather. Hopefully he'll be a little bit more accurate. And I, I told you last week, this is a Super Bowl defense that the 49ers have. Uh, I all I can tell you is that Kyle Shanahan is kind of riding with Trey Lance, and I just kind of feel like if they lose this game to Geno Smith oh, and God. the Seattle Seahawks, uh, the, the panic will set in, and Jimmy G will be the quarterback. I don't suspect that they're going to lose this game. I think Kyle will do everything he possibly can to put Trey Lance in a position to throw easy passes, get easy touchdown passes, and they run away with this game. Home team, bounce back spot. Seattle, short week, no Jamal Adams, bad run D, bounce back, Niners. Uh, Broncos laying nine and a half to the Texans. You know, I have to say that the Texans showed me a little something. Davis Mills showed me a little something. Not as bad as people think. No, you know, and he finished the year strong last year for them. He's probably the one quarterback that really nobody is talking about. I mean, there's you could look at the other 31 teams, and everybody will have an opinion about those quarterbacks. A lot of people don't even know who Davis Mills is. Right. And, you know, he played well for the most part until the latter part of that game uh, against the Colts. I This is a tough spot for him. I think that given the way that the Broncos lost in Seattle, they're going to come out and they're going to lay That's the right. hammer down to the Texans. Don't fight the feeling. It's okay to lay points okay. once in a while. I'm taking Denver as well. So okay. I think you, you summarized it beautifully. Raiders laying five and a half updated number as they host the Cardinals. What do you got? Um, I'm going to take the Raiders and I'm going to take the Raiders and I'll lay the five and a half because, uh, Derek Carr didn't play as well as he should have played against the Chargers. I think home opener place is going to be packed. Devontae Adams went off last week. Now I do believe that he hurts Hunter Renfro and he hurts Darren Waller. Right. He takes all the oxygen in there because Derek is looking for him all the time. And this is up to Josh McDaniels to get this thing straightened out. And I think they will, and I think Derek has a bounce-back game. And Devontae's grandmother's at the game this week for her first time ever. He had to drop a half mil to get her there to get a suite. No way he's playing bad. No way you lose in front of Grandma Raiders. <laughs> it's science, Boomer. <laughs> it is science. Uh, Bengals laying eight and a half at Dallas. The Cooper Rush era begins. 
Yeah, you know, uh, Joe Burrow did not play well at the beginning of this game last week. And remember I was telling you how he didn't do anything in preseason. He had the appendectomy, missed like two and a half weeks of practice, didn't really get much time and work in. Uh, And then as the game got on, he started to settle down, and he got them back into the game. And that's really what you want from your top-end quarterbacks. If they're not playing well, to be able to play well at the end of the game and get you back into it, they should have won. They should have beaten the Steelers. They'll beat the Cowboys here. They're going to roll up 30 30 to 34 points on the Cowboys. I just don't see Cooper Rush putting up more than 17 points. And for the first time in seemingly a decade, that Cowboy offensive line is a mess. It is a mess. Uh, I, I agree with you. I will take the Bengals and lay the points. Packers, Bears, this might be the most confusing game of the week for me. Packers laying six and a half. Well, you know, Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. I think he's, what, four or 12 and two in the last 14 games Sounds against right. the Bears at Lambeau Field. Uh, Bears uh, and Justin Fields, I, you know, I don't know what to make out of him yet. I can't wait to see this game. Now, they are calling for bad weather in, in Green Bay on Sunday night. Which works to the Bears' favor, but I just I think Aaron Rodgers comes back out. It's a lot of points. I'm going to take the Bears to cover and keep it close. My, see, this is Rosie. He's coming around on this deal. <laughs> Divisional home dogs. This is no. Here's here's the thing though. How about Rodgers? By the way, uh, forty touchdowns, two picks, uh, the last eight years against Chicago. Yeah, he owns them. It's unbelievable. But their offensive line stinks. I know Bakhtiari limited. I know Jenkins limited. I just, I don't, I did not love what I watched last week from them. I'm going to take the Bears. all over them. There's no question about it. I just, I think they'll keep the game close, especially if it's bad weather. This one is super interesting to me. Bills laying 10 to the Titans. Primetime game. Titans desperate. What do you got? Told you, pressure point for Ryan Tannehill. Got to go on the road. Somehow you got to win the game. And, you know, you wonder if the Bills are going to be too jacked up. I don't think so. I think the Bills are on a mission. I think Josh Allen is on a mission. I think he set the pace for the MVP race already. And I'm gonna I'll I'll lay the points to the Titans and I'm gonna go with the Bills scoring over thirty points. I'm I'm with you. And fun fact, the Bills haven't punted in three of their last four regular yep. season games. I think that's pretty good. Uh yeah, I'm gonna lay the points. It sounds crazy, but the Bills might just be one of one. They might just be that team. This is their year and they may just roll. I, they, they were an easy pick for me week one against the Rams. They yeah. really were. Yeah. And uh, they they lived up to every expectation I had of them. And Josh Allen is basically a flamethrower. So there's no way the Titans are going up there and winning unless he gets hurt. All right. We're going to get you the best of the best. I, I think this Eagles-Vikings game super interesting. We've got week one overreactions and the final word. All coming up next. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valencia. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com.
money. Now, back to Kickoff with Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. And welcome back. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Let's get to the best of the best. Best of the best of the best of the This best week's of best, best of the best. I absolutely love this game. Eagles, minus two and a half, hosting the Vikings, who had one of the more impressive performances of week one. Boomer, talk to me. This is as good as it gets to me. You know, I was happy for both of these quarterbacks because there's always questions around Kirk Cousins for whatever reason. Uh, He puts up huge numbers. One of the reasons why Justin Jefferson is the way he is is because Kirk Cousins puts him in that situation. And now with an offensive coordinator as a head coach and Kevin O'Connell, you could see that, you know, all of a sudden everything seems a little bit smoother. And I like the way that they called their game last week. Packers are going to have a top five defense. I still think that. And they just kind of motored right through them. And there were some blown mistakes by the Packers. And a lot of that has to do with the game planning for the Vikings. And I did like what Jalen Hurts did last week, both through the air and on the ground. I told you, he's a competitor. That's why I can respect the way that he plays. He can throw it. He can run it. And he's a difficult matchup for every defense, especially when he gets out of the pocket. Um, I like I like the Vikings in this. You in do? This. I do. And the reason I do is because I was a little disappointed with the way that the Eagles defense played last week and the mistakes that Dan Campbell made that helped the Eagles win the game. Oh, God. It's, I just get so tired of it. I have no patience for clock mismanagement. Like, this is big boy school. I mean, respect the shield. Come on, guys. This isn't high school. Yeah, it's one thing, like, you know, when you talk like a meathead head coach, like, we're going to do this, we're going to bite the kneecaps off and all that other stuff. You know, the entire league is filled with meathead head coaches. And I mean that lovingly, by the way, because I was one of those guys that was in the mix. So I, I, I know what the coaches are trying to do from an emotional standpoint. The, the key part of the coach is managing the game. That's right. And that's where they really, truly gain the respect of the players. So a few more mistakes, mismanaging games, some of these coaches pretty quickly lose the respect of the locker room. So a couple things. I, I think you're spot on with, with the way the Vikings offense looked. I love that they were finally anything beyond Zimmer and that dinosaur approach, but spreading it, moving Jefferson around, a lot of pre-snap theater, things that give the defense things to process. I loved all of it. But one problem is, as good as Kirk can be, and I mean, look, he, he's a Spartan. I, I'm a Spartan. I love Kirk. Primetime Cousins is nothing I want a part of. All right, we got to stop with this. I can't. I mean, we always got to stop with these I like can't. side things that have really nothing to do with the okay, game. Okay, all itself. right. You take Primetime Cousins, throw it out the window. All right. Look at the Eagles. Are, is, are they ready to go to Philly and do this? When Philadelphia can, they have the, the one biggest non negotiable. They are going to line up. They are going to dominate the line of scrimmage. And as you just said, even if you cover, even if you do everything right, you stay in your lanes, you contain, you spy, Jalen Hurts can still find a way to beat you. I, I go Eagles here. I really do. It's okay. We can, dis- we can disagree. You don't like I mean, primetime well, Kirk, you, you huh? You killed me last week, so you know now this is my chance to get some of the money back. It's perfect. I'm on Eagles. You're on Vikings. It's going to be a hell of a game. I can't wait to watch it. I think I think it really truly is the best game of the week just simply because of the stars that are playing in this game. And when you think about both offenses and how much they can score, I mean, it should be like one of these uh, – you know, I think nip and tuck yeah. games that comes down to the fourth quarter. Should be a bounce back for Devonta Smith as well, who was silent in week one. A.J. Brown was fabulous. You know they're going to get him involved. I, I'll go Eagles. You're on Vikings. You want to do some overreactions? Let's do it. You can coach us on this. I, I'll try to help you through it. All right, so you decide whether it is an appropriate reaction or an overreaction. Here we go. 
The Rams O-line will prevent them from winning the division, and they are no more than a wild card team. Uh, that's an appropriate reaction because, you know, everybody realizes now after watching what happened with Von Miller and Noteboom, the left tackle for the Rams, that uh, Andrew Whitworth was a big part of that team. Huge. And uh, it's one of the reasons why they kept asking him back so late in his career. I'm surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised they made a call again and said, hey, you want to come back? There's no doubt about it. He was in the building as like the host. Yeah. They had to tap him and go, you sure? Are you sure? Because that's they can't fix that. Right. But, you know, they'll be okay this week. But I think when they face the 49ers, it's going to be a p- real problem. Uh, massive. All right, number two. Cardinals go full Hindenburg. Murray demands out end of season. <laughs> I'm predicting that. I am. I you know it I can see him going way. to Sean Watson on the, on the Cardinals. Like oh it's not my fault. You know you gave me my contract. Now that I got my guaranteed money, he's gonna. I, I could see it. I could see it. You Do know, you think there's a maturity problem with him? I know that's a terrible thing to say, but I don't know how else to say it. Remember, he told the New York Times last year that he has a great feel for the game, that it's not always about, you know, the study part of it. And I'm you know, I'm paraphrasing some of yeah. it, but it, it led you to understand why the Cardinals put that clause in the contract. And then the way, you know, the entire league reacted to it. Like, oh, what's the matter? You know, you're, you're, you're insulting him or something. I'm like, you're not insulting him. You're telling him, look, we're going to invest in you, but you have to invest in the game. And that's why the biggest question that all these coaches have in the offseason – about the people that they are drafting is do they love ball? Do they love the game? Are they going to commit themselves to the game? And it's obvious that Kyler hasn't done that. And from a person that, listen, I love his ability. And I I never let the hype bother me. I was totally fine with the pick, and I understood what they were trying with Cliff. When I watch him, and I'm careful about this because I know a lot of times it's stupid and it's radio stuff, but like the body language of him, he doesn't inspire. He doesn't make me believe he's having fun out there. And this, this is Kyler. Yes. All right, so I'll ask you a quick question. Who do you want as your quarterback if you had to have a game next week, Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Because Jalen Hurts is first in, last out. I know it's cliche, but it's true. Works, cares, rallies communicative, I, as and limited he, as he can he's be. he's involved Jaylen. on the sidelines. Yes. He's involved in the huddle. I'm, I'm telling you, there, there's your prime example of a second-round draft choice that's trying to get the money Yes, to a first overall pick who's already got the money. And half the time looks like he wish he played baseball. Yes. All right. Vikings, not the Packers, will win the NFC North. I, I think it's an appropriate take on things right now. All I right, really this do. This is good. Especially after what happened in week one. And, you know, a lot of this is going to come down to the health of everybody and, you know, and whose quarterback is going to be re- remaining upright for 17 games. I mean, look at the Cowboys and how things all of a sudden now Brutal. look completely different. So I think that's an appropriate reaction about the Vikings. By the way, I do have the Vikings going back to the playoffs this year as well as the Saints. Let me ask you a question because I know a lot of people made a lot about this. I want your take. Do you put any stock in, in Aaron Rodgers again? It's what he does on the field, barking at his young receivers, not happy with them. Well, while you were drinking tree bark in Brazil, you could have been at OTAs. You could have been working with your guys. You put anything into that? You know, if it were anybody other than Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, I, I guess I would. Okay. Uh, but, you know, Aaron said all the right things this week that, uh, you know, he has to be better. He's got to work with his guys. He's got to continue to work with his guys. Got to work on communication. I mean, that first pass 
of the year to oh. have it dropped. I mean, that's just that that just tells you everything you need to know about having a fifty million dollar quarterback and allowing a twenty million dollar wide receiver leave the room. I never understood it. Well, you can't afford both of them. No, but you could have gone out and gotten some budget options that are veterans. Well, they they tried. They took well, they have Randall Cobb on the team. I said veteran, not fossils. Uh, the other guy they have, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. Yes, yeah, he's healthy for about seven minutes a year. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean. It's I like, hear, I hear you, but you know, is. hey, look, look at what Patrick Mahomes is doing in, in Kansas City with a less than you know yeah. well known group of guys. He's and an how he's, he's spreading the ball around. It's amazing. It really is. It's looked so much better than I imagined. Preseason. So, but that's what Aaron has to do with his young guys. He's got to get the most out of them. And remember, they do have really a good running game. They just got to get a healthy offensive line. Browns running game yep. and defense will have them above 500 when Watson returns from suspension. Oh, he likes this one. This I is do good. like this. It's, it's a, I don't. I don't have the Browns going to the playoffs. No more. I don't like anything the Browns have done. Okay. Uh, Including so I, I, could, I, I could be biased. I could be totally biased here. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say. <laughs> Boy, I feel like it gave you a headache here. It, it okay? just gave me a headache, but it's a very good question because it's tough. I get, I guess it's appropriate to say that after watching them week one and knowing that Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are playing, but Jacoby Brissett is still the quarterback. I know. So I'm going to say it's appropriate to feel that way, but I don't think it's going to happen. That's fine. All right. The Eagles are a dark horse Super Bowl representative out of the NFC. That's appropriate. I mean, I think they're the best team in the NFC East. And uh, Jalen Hurts is only going to get better. And they do have, you know, uh, one of the best groupings of special, uh, of um, you know, at the athletes, the wide receivers, the the running back. Their defense is going to get better. Yeah, I could see that. Okay, and 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 it, I think it has as much to do. The reason I ask it is, who do we know beyond shadow of a doubt is very good in the NFC? That's we, the problem. We, 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 I think we know Tampa is. Oh boy! All right, I'll ride along with it. Okay. I I that offensive line. I don't know if Brady's going to make it at the end of the year like that. He gets rid of it. He got hit four times on Monday night, and he still Sunday complained about it. He's still crying the next four day. Time, but did you see what they did to Michael Parkins with the chip block? Leonard Fournette almost killed him. Loved it. Loved it. And you know what? I don't want to hear these outside edge rushers like Von Miller, who I've worked with before and I like very much, complaining about that block. They got to take the block out of the game was Parsons' yeah, 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 deal. Yeah, yeah, I don't I, want to hear. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. What's wrong with a good chip? It's a great – I played with a guy by the name of Larry Centers in Arizona. Never saw a guy do it any better. He laid out Michael Strahan in the game. And I just I gave him a huge hug because Michael was kind of like out of the game. Didn't Larry that. catch like ninety balls one year? He was great. He was great. Great out of the backfield. Not great running with it, but great running after the catch with it. Mike McCarthy will be the first coach fired in the uh, NFL. It's either him and Matt Rule. That's what I think. Boy, the Matt Rule thing. He's. You know what he is? I mean, I. I so I, that's appropriate. It is appropriate. I got to give you this one. Matt Rule is the NFL version of Scott Frost. All he does is lose close games. <laughs> That's all he does. Yeah, I know. I, I feel bad for Scott. It's I, horrible. How did Nebraska's I, not what Nebraska used to be? No, but I still can't believe it went sideways like that. Fast I just, in a hurry. All right. Are we going to do a college football podcast now too? How much time you got? No. All right. <laughs> Saquon Barkley is all the way back and reclaims his spot as one of the best running backs in the league. Appropriate, 100%. I saw a different Saquon Barkley, without question, and I saw a guy that, I don't say a chip on his shoulder, but a guy that has an edge to him that he hasn't had the last two years, mainly because of that knee injury. 
But his performance on the road down in Tennessee was vintage rookie Saquon Barkley. What do the Giants do? What do they do with him and his contract? Well, let's worry about that, you know, when we get through a season, if he can make it through 17 games. Fair. That's fair. All right, let's get to Boomer's final word. What you say after this don't matter. This is the final word. You know, my final word is, again, we will not know about these teams until about five or six weeks into the season. Teams were not ready to go four quarters, both physically and mentally. Some teams were exhausted. Some teams came out flat. It took teams maybe two or three quarters to find their way, like the Saints or the Bengals. Um, I will think that most of these teams this week that are 0-1, I I think you can almost count on at least, I would say, 70% of them coming out with wins this week because of the, the factor that we were talking about earlier, the pressure. And they hear it, and they feel it from their fan base, and they're being challenged. And, you know, you got a bunch of A-type personalities all being challenged. Most of those guys will respond. So of the 0-1 teams, do you think San Francisco's under the most pressure because of the Lance issue? Uh, I would I would say, yeah, um, because that is, that's a Super Bowl team, man. That is a yeah. Super Bowl team, and Jimmy G took that team to the Super Bowl. Now, I don't know how healthy Jimmy G is right now. So I don't know if he's ready to go in. I know he's suited up and everything, so you would think he'd be ready to go in. But I, I would think that a poor game this week against Seattle, you know, then the change may come. But, again, I, I don't think Kyle Shanahan's going to allow that. I think he's going to give a lot of easy throws to Trey Lance and then use his athleticism in their offense to, you know, to gain some yards on the ground. It still amazes me. And, again, John Lynch, San Francisco, they run a good operation they gave up so much capital to move up and get him and get Trey Lance. And then I listen to you talk about him. I can't argue the things you're saying, and you're going, okay, was this all based on projection? I mean, it's unbelievable. I I think everybody's hoping to get the next Patrick Mahomes. And maybe Trey Lance will be that one day. Who knows? I don't know. No. But he just doesn't look ready to me yet. He looks like he's playing the game with his hair on fire. He's a little bit too inaccurate for my liking right now. You can run around and make plays, but as Kyler Murray has proven, it doesn't win games. All right, week two in the books. It's kickoff. Boomer and Valen will be back with you next week. Break it all down and talk more all about it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.